This episode brought to you by Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com, or if you're in Chicago, go to their store at 400 North May. Being a squatch is just lonely work. Seeing as how most of my time is spent hiding, I've just never been able to find that special summer. Ever since kids leave, Baba Yaga have so much troublings finding new people to me, even when luring with candied bread. CryptidMingle.com is a full-service website designed to help creatures of folklore and mythology find that special connection. <laughs> I didn't think I could ever find someone for me. <laughs> At CryptidMingle.com, we have over 27,000 profiles to fit whatever it is you're looking for, be it air, sea, land, or interdimensional space. 27,000? That, that could be up to 54,000! <laughs> I mean, I've tried all the other ways to meet people. Looking in their windows, running up to their cars on abandoned roads, shrieking like a devil in the woods. But I gotta tell you, it just hasn't worked out. I am looking for that special French maiden who I can take for a walk in the beautiful Gévaudan countryside and maybe chew her ear off in conversation. <laughs> So let your heart out of the shadows at cryptidmingle.com. It's completely free, and what do you have to lose except your lonely nights? Yes, hello, lonely listeners. Hey. <laughs> yeah. What's that sensitive guy? Do you, do you need somebody to talk to <laughs> when you're hiding in the bushes and- I trying sure not do. to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stay hidden from love. <laughs> but you're if you're if you're hiding in the bushes, you're probably trying to trying to stay hidden from the cops. Is my guess. <laughs> These days, everybody's trying to be stay <laughs> hidden from the cops. Too true. Hello. Hi, everybody. I'm David Flora. And I'm Dave Stecco. Welcome to Blurry Photos, and welcome to an amazing episode. Yeah, this works out awesome for you and us. <laughs> And also and a guy by the name of J. Nathan Couch. That's right. Uh, this episode, we're going to be interviewing the author of Goatman, Flesh or Folklore. Oh, man. I'm getting all the Goatman I feel like I deserve. You you, you are. I and- read that book, The Secret, and I've just been putting it out. <laughs> I've been putting that energy into the world, and the world has rewarded me. With Goatman galore. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we, we picked up... A uh, copy of Goat Goatman, and and you know what, we've we've already recorded the interview. It went yeah. great. We're not going to beat around the old time bush. Here. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that always bites us in the ass. So <laughs> we already recorded it. It went great. Every everything's fun. We I just can't up. believe he got so angry that he hung up on us. Yeah, just and, so angry. And due to my editing prowess, <laughs> you'll never know. <laughs> okay, that didn't happen. He did not hang up on us. Oh. Well. We can't. I mean, <laughs> you almost thought I was a golden editing god. <laughs> um, we we met Nathan at the the Paracon, the Milwaukee Paracon, and picked up a copy of uh, Goatman. Yep. And throughout the whole interview, we kept saying Goatman, 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 Hello, Goatman, and like, and never never told him 
never right. <laughs> told them that we're like, oh yeah. Sometimes when we have an M A N on the end of words, we turn into yeah. like you old know, men, cr- crusty old uh, old men. You know, so they're goping. But you know what? I think there was there was plenty of room in the interview for for fanciful uh, pronunciations of things. I think I think we all got to do whatever we felt like, and, and I loved it. But we hope you enjoy it. Uh, we think you will. We know you will. We're sure yeah. you you will. Uh, we, we command you. We. We command though Flora wills it so. Um, we had a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, Nathan had fun too. But uh, great to talk to, and and we'll we'll give you all the details yeah. within the interview itself. Yeah. Enough of this jibble jabble. Yeah. Who, how about how about some interview times? Let's get to it. So joining us tonight, we are super excited. Yes. That. We're, we're, we're peeing ourselves. We've had to change our <laughs> pants like three times. But um, we've got Mr. J. Nathan Couch, uh, who has written Goatman, Flesh or Folklore. And uh, uh, J. Nathan Couch is a Georgia-born, Wisconsin-dwelling paranormal investigator who has written uh, for WisconsinSickness.com and CultOfWeird.com. He also co-hosts The Strange Side with Mike and Nate on Z Talk Radio. And he's also written two books, Washington County Paranormal, a Wisconsin legend trip, and what we'll be talking about tonight, Goatman, Flesh or Folklore. Uh, Nathan, thank you for uh, coming on to talk with yes. us. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. This is this is exciting. This is uh, our, 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 our first guest that we've required technology and Skyping yep. for. Yep. So, <laughs> so you're very welcome aboard, sir. <laughs> I, I'm breaking new ground already. That's right. On the air for a couple minutes. <laughs> you're you're our guinea pig and uh, <laughs> well, and, I've, I've and done, our guide I've done in some this. Shows that have been yeah. plagued with technical difficulties, including my own radio show. So, oh man, uh, so far so good. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. We've, we've until like plagued. five minutes later, <laughs> we've just been plagued with ourselves. That's which right. is bad <laughs> enough. <laughs> a big hurdle to get over well um we met mr couch at the uh, milwaukee paracon mm-hmm. and picked up a copy of Goatman. and uh nathan we got to tell you it's it's been a blast to read absolutely can you give our listeners uh a quick how do of, of what you mean when you say the term Goatman for for your book um well uh he's these things are usually described as looking like uh, a fawn, an f u an f a u n fawn, not a deer fawn, right. but uh, the Roman mythology uh, type of fawn. I don't know if people out there have seen Pan's Labyrinth. That's probably the most recent, most famous film with a fawn in it. Um, most people refer to the creatures as looking like satyrs. Satyrs are nowadays depicted as being half man, half goat, just like a fawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but originally they started out as looking more like uh, men with the uh, tails and ears of donkeys. And then when Roman mythology kind of came in and co-opted some of what was going on with Greece, they kind of got blended together. But uh, essentially these things that people report seeing are essentially... Uh, half man, half goat, usually goat from the waist down, man from the waist up, two-legged, bipedal, hooves and horns. Some people uh, see creatures that look like uh, big hairy bipeds that uh, have goat-like qualities. And, uh, of course, there's all kinds of uh, tall tales and urban legends uh, that are extremely far-fetched that uh, kind of muddy the waters. Yeah, you yeah. got you got your classic Mr. Tumnissing. 
Yeah. Lion Witch and Wardrobe. That's uh, right. <laughs> a guy. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. I always, I, I've never been a big C.S. Lewis fan. I always forget that he's in there. But yeah, there is, there's definitely <laughs> one of those in, in C.S. Lewis. I, I think I, I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, started Prince Caspian, and then learned there were like 17,000 other books of, of the series. And I was like, nah, I'm, all, I'm out. <laughs> Pass. That's, that's all. Um, I, I just, I, I found out like uh, what kind of the ending before I ever really started, and the ending didn't really, <laughs> did, I didn't really appreciate the, the ending with my own personal worldview. So I kind of just ducked out. <laughs> like, I'll right. Just stick, I'll just stick with Tolkien and. Yeah. yeah, I started reading a fantasy novel, didn't realize it was Jesus. Then someone told me <laughs> and was like, eh, no, thanks. I don't I mean, care how really, you get it, there. I, mean, I, I have no problem with, with, with that sort of stuff in my books, but it, it did. It does come across as a little preachy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, I like to come to my own conclusions as I'm reading my, my fantasy fiction. Right. right. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so. It's uh, uh, your book is a it's it's basically a collection of uh, sightings and tales from across America based on on what the research you've you've done for it right and it's uh, from from cover to cover it's it's just fascinating all the way through because you learn that that goatmen show up all over the place and uh, Stecco and I are familiar with the Maryland goatman yes the, the goatman of Bowie one of our one of our very first uh, first five episodes we 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 went briefly over uh, the Maryland goatman um, I had growing up a book called America's very own monsters and there was a, a description about the Maryland goatman and it had a little bit of the the built-in story about genetic engineering gone awry and now he attacks cars in Maryland and I just, I always loved the Goatman, but I didn't know. Um, and obviously a cursory amount of research would have probably shown me, but I didn't know that this was not just for Maryland. I didn't realize how widespread sightings of a, of a Goatman slash Seder were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was really ignorant of the whole phenomenon until I moved to West Bend, Wisconsin. I was at a Washington County Historical Society event, and there was a story time, you know, ghost story type segment, and uh, they, they they talked about the Goat Man, and this thing was like thirty, well, a little less than oh, twenty minutes from my apartment, was, and so I, I immediately jumped in the car after the after the event was over in the middle of the night and tried to find this place. I didn't know where I was going. I got lost, but I eventually found it, and. Um, which I love, by the way. I love yeah. that you were like, "Let's go!" <laughs> I know, right? And then, um, and then I eventually found out about all the other goat men and all the other places once I started looking around on Google and, and you know, then actually started researching a book project a couple years later. So, I mean, that that seems common. Where if if there's a goat man legend in your town, people in that town are under the impression it's exclusive to their community and they seem to be some of some of them seem to be you know oblivious uh you know like there's a i mean take texas for instance where it seems like almost every county has some kind of goat man oh, legend or sighting going on and i, I and think people there's... in dallas are ignorant of the one just across the way in fort worth <laughs> and that and those cities are are really close considering urban sprawl right yeah. and, and every every region thinks well i we have to be the only people with goat man. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's so weird that I think people think it can't possibly be something that's going on somewhere else. Right. Yeah. But it, that doesn't seem to be the case at all. They, they seem to be all over. So. And you, you kind of speak to that in your book. You talk about the, the, the courage it takes for people to, uh, to, to, and it, I think across all cryptozoological sightings, it does take, uh, some courage to be like, no, I saw this thing. Yeah. Um, but particularly in this, this comes up a few times in your book, um, that one person will finally say, no, I saw a thing and that sets off 10 other people who say within the last, you know, year they've had a similar experience, but we're going to keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, most the, I mean, these goat man sightings are seem to be exceedingly rare. I mean, every single day you go on the internet, some, some website has someone claiming that they saw a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot or something last night, but the, these goat man things are sightings are extremely rare. And, uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest, there's, there's way more urban legends and strange stories about where they came from than there are people who actually say they saw them. I don't know if that means people aren't seeing them or people just aren't coming, coming forward with their sightings. Hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, there are uh, two or three big occasions throughout history where there's been a huge outbreak of them, mm-hmm. where someone you know, says they saw this thing, it appears in the paper, and then everybody's out looking for it, and then suddenly everybody and their uncle's seeing it or claiming to have seen it. Right. There's, there was the gentleman who was in charge of um, a roadkill mm. collection right. who had something kind of pulled out of the back of his truck and decided, yep. I have to report this. And there was that kind of let people in the area know that it was okay to say something. And there, there were other people who had seen something. And I don't know if that one necessarily was a, a goat man per se or just a, a large bipedal. What's it? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that actually did occur uh very near to the location uh, here in Washington County that he's most famous for being at Hogsback Road. That sighting occurred on Highway 167 just outside of Holy Hill. And it was originally, uh, I believe he said it was a, a large animal that, that mm-hmm. took this thing out of the back of his truck. And he was afraid it would be dangerous, but a sheriff's deputy reported it as a Yeti sighting. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> I know. And then everybody, all the news stations picked it up. I remember... Uh, I didn't live in Washington County at the time, but that was my first exposure to Washington County. I was in Milwaukee, and and I heard about there's this Bigfoot running around up there, uh, and uh, it became a big frenzy. There was some Bigfoot hunters from say, like Tom Biscardi, that controversial fellow, came out right. claiming he was looking for it, and then Linda <laughs> Godfrey, uh, the you know the the resident you know strange canine expert in wisconsin came mm-hmm. down and did some research and and according to her research the guy said described it as looking like a large bear with a head like a dog so it mm-hmm. didn't sound like a goat man but um just september of this past year we had another crane strange creature sighting almost in that exact same location and, and of course that location we were just talking about was back in 2006 so it seems like something is still going on uh, in that Holy Hill Hogsback Road area, that's not explained. Wow! Uh, th- this lady actually did describe the thing that ran out in front of her as having backwards bending legs, like a canine might have. Of hmm. course, uh, Goatman has those supposedly backwards bending legs too. So right, I don't right. know what this lady saw, but it was bipedal and uh, very strange looking. <laughs> now, now, now that you've heard more of these tales, do you kind of look back on your? Your your midnight run to that area of like, oh, maybe maybe I should have been more careful. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't gonna get out of my car. Unless, unless I jump onto my 
onto my vehicle and ripped the door off. I locked the case, door, in, dude. <laughs> yeah, in which that case, uh, he was going to get me no matter what. Right, yeah. If, yeah, if he can get the door open, don't, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, you're all over. Right. Yeah, you, you earned it. So, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about it. In fact, I wish some uh, anomalous creature like that would dash out in front of my car or, or allow me to get a good photo of it in some way because uh so far i haven't really had i've had paranormal experiences but i haven't encountered anything that could be considered cryptozoological or extraterrestrial or anything like that nothing no physical entities yeah yeah i i think we're of a uh, similar mindset because dave uh, uh stecco and i love to to read about this stuff to talk about it we it's it's exciting it's fun but we don't believe because it's we we haven't seen anything that has proved it to us you know what i mean right i've always been on the fence uh i i I don't when someone tells me that some strange thing uh, i'm I'm completely grateful because i want this information because i love this information Mm -hmm. but i i take it with a grain of salt and i understand that maybe it wasn't quite how they experienced it in real life not to say they were crazy just maybe there was a misunderstanding or something but I've always been, well, I'm undecided. That's what was always my stance. And right. then, um, I think it's coming up on two summers ago now. I was at Mammoth Cave Park uh, in Con- Cave City, around Cave City, Kentucky. Kentucky Hollow. Right? <laughs> and, um, I mean, the cave itself is allegedly haunted because they've unearthed mummies there and people have died and all sorts of things. But I saw a woman's face materialize in front of some plants on a nature trail. I'll never forget what it looks like. I've never seen anything like that. I've always had the experiences where you see something out of the corner of your eye or the object moved, but maybe it didn't move or that sort of thing. But this was unbelievable. This was right. This was as clear as day. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like somebody took a sepia tone 1800s photograph and just plopped it in front of my face in front of these plants and didn't blink or react or anything. It was like a moment out of time. And my brain, my brain couldn't handle it. I don't think because I turned like within a second after seeing it started walking away and I immediately exclaimed and did a double take and it was gone. So I was, I I wish I I had been like my brain would have reacted quicker and made me be like, Hey, this isn't normal. Don't yeah. just turn around and walk. Away, <laughs> yeah. so. Well, but you know, I think by its very definition, you, 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 you know, how, how could you expect to have like a fully rational in the moment response to something that shocking, you yeah. know? I mean, I was just kind of standing there. It was near twilight, still plenty of light in the, in the air. This wasn't, it wasn't dark or anything. Just kind of relaxing and looking at this vegetation that my wife had just asked me about. And there it was. And like, you know, I just relaxed my eyes and it, it, it wasn't any type of matrixing. I've had matrixing where you look at something staticky or some shadows. And you think, oh, was that a face? Because yeah. the human brain wants to see faces. A little pareidolia. Yeah, but, yeah, but this was unbelievable. I mean, I could describe every detail of her face. You know, I had her hair up in a bun, uh, curl hanging down on her forehead, you know, Caucasian woman, you know, thin face, angular jaw thin hmm. nose beautiful but not smiling at all like in those old photographs where there was a five minute exposure time right resting bitch face <laughs> yeah she had a, she had a hair up in a bun and it was like I'll, I'll always remember what she looked like huh so 
That's crazy. That, I mean, not not crazy, but it's it's wild. Oh, yeah. it is a crazy experience. I, I mean, and and it just goes to show you, I wasn't looking to have the experience. I took the cave tour partly because <laughs> I wanted to go down there and see if it was haunted because they're supposed to be, you know, the ghosts of former slaves that had a church down there. Who, right haunt the place and there's people who died in the old tb hospital that was in the cave and they've unearthed all these mummies and i you know i wanted to experience something down there and i get yeah. out of the trail i'm not looking to experience anything <laughs> and boom the weirdest thing i've ever had happen to me in my life happens right so, uh so flora flora you're is a native kentuckian himself yep and i think and we were just i've been to this, cave okay so you you know that i i, I have not we were walking down the Cedar Sink Trail, I believe, when I had this experience. So the next time you go home, if you want to see if you find this lady I saw, yeah, I'll look walk for down her. there. We did almost uh, run into a bear that a poodle was chasing on the way back. <laughs> okay, you act that might have actually been Flora. Uh, it's a Maltese, technically, but his dog <laughs> would chase a bear. <laughs> yeah, would. I had this old man come up to me, and he was he was acting like he was a super cliched, excited Southerner type that one of the tells you it seemed like the type that would just lie through his teeth like he was trying to make us think that he was looking for a bear his granddaughter was embarrassed by it and i didn't believe him i'm like yeah right you saw a poodle chasing a bear or whatever and then i get like you know 100 feet up the trail and i find these enormous bear prints in the trail i'm like i, I guess he was <laughs> so luckily i mean i'd rather encounter a ghost than a bear any day. <laughs> right it's yes. true that's true <laughs> i i uh i wanted to ask you about that because um obviously you you've, you've done research from all over the country i've i've got a two-part question um did you uh did you travel much for the research for the book did you actually go to a lot of places or did you find a lot of it was online or or how did you research with the stuff uh i I tried to visit as many places i could i couldn't visit all of them because uh there was essentially no budget for this right uh it it is a self-published book and I, i raised the money through my uh downtown West Bend ghost walk venture that I do here in Washington County. That's how I get all my books published. So I I did visit some of them. I, I did visit the, the trestle and Pope Lick, uh, uh, the Pope Lick trestle in Louisville, Kentucky, I should say it's actually in Jefferson town, uh, right outside of there. Uh, I did visit that. And, um, uh, I visited all the locations, uh, local to Wisconsin. I didn't have a chance to get out uh, to Kentucky. Uh, I, I did I did go to Maryland after the fact and do, uh, do a, a little poking around uh, to try to see if I could find any new information for maybe an updated version. So um, I have visited several of the locations since uh, the book was published too. Sweet. Well, Maryland's becoming a pretty tough town, uh, tough town to hang out around anyway. So, I mean, like, Goatman's got to be a little more careful these days. Yeah, right. He'll, he'll just he'll just straight up get shot. <laughs> yeah, get, getting into Baltimore there. Yeah, I don't think, right. he, think he's heading away. It has for how I did a lot of my research. I realized I kind of skipped over that. Is uh, I was very fortunate to discover a lot of the locations where these sightings uh, and legends take place. A lot of the local newspapers have been digitized, so, uh, so I was able to do a lot of research just with my. Wash, with my Washington County library card. Sweet. Uh, then some of it, you know, I contacted local historical societies. And a lot of the content was unearthed by other investigators as well. I mean, a lot of it is original to me, but but I'd say, oh, I, maybe even half of it uh, was uncovered by uh, 
other regional investigators. Uh, like I said earlier, a lot of people think Goatman's exclusive to their location. So right. the information that, about Goatman that's published is in books about Maryland and books about Texas. And uh, so uh, people like Mark Upsasnick in Maryland mm-hmm. uh, was a, allowed me to uh, quote quite freely uh, from his Maryland Bigfoot Digest and uh, his book, The Haunted Boy, which has a lot of Goatman content in it. And uh, Linda Godfrey, of course, let me reference a lot of her stuff. She was the uh, the one who did a lot of the late, well, most of, almost all the legwork on the strange creature sighting out by Holy Hill that you know stole that dead deer. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the one of the things I want to do with this book, uh, in addition to uncovering new information, was create an overview because there is no overview on this phenomenon. Nobody's right. ever put down all this information in one place before and really study study it as one continuing phenomenon. Yeah, one right. cohesive thing that's happening in multiple places. You know, functionally, something that we sort of take for granted with things like Bigfoot or you know or or other other cryptids that have a much wider distribution. Mm-hmm. People, you know, there's this understanding like, oh yeah, well there's, there's some sightings here, here and here, but you're right. There is sort of this, this, this kind of inexplicable unwillingness to discuss it, which seems odd. Or, but or yeah. just uh, a pet, like not even thinking about yeah. uh, discussing it in that context. Just Well, I mean, has, I mean, imagine if, if you're not in the right circles and you start talking about Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or seeing a ghost at Mammoth Cave, a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and think you're kooky. You get shot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, and a lot of those creatures are, I mean, those are socially acceptable things to talk about yeah. uh, as far as 40 and phenomena goes this day and age. I mean, there's all those, I mean, Bigfoot and ghosts and the Loch Ness Monster are part of pop culture now. Right. But Goatman is not. And whenever I, uh, there are a lot of people, when I go to, when I go to some kind of literary event, that's not strictly paranormal based. When I explain the book to interested parties, they, some, some of them roll their eyes. Goatman is a, it, it, it's a very outlandish topic. So I can see why people wouldn't, you know, just be talking about it down at the coffee shop. So. I like it. Goatman's got hipster cred. <laughs> he's, he's, underground. He's, he's, yeah. He's the indie cryptid. <laughs> like he's legit. He, he hasn't sold out yet. That's right. <laughs> How dare you come to this Ghosts and Bigfoot conference and talk about Goatman? <laughs> yeah. I know that, like, I mean, Goatman is starting to pop up. Like, Destination America has actually done several shows mm-hmm. uh, that have talked about Goatman. But so far, he's still a pretty unknown commodity. Speaking of of him getting getting a little more notoriety, did you run into any stories or, or any tie-ins to, to Krampus at all? Um, I, I, I didn't find any relation to that for, for people who aren't sure what Krampus is or, or, or Krampus, depending on if you actually want to pronounce it like the Germans do. <laughs> um, he's, uh, he's basically a demon that St. Nicholas carries around with him on St. Nick's night, uh, to carry bad children away to hell or whip them with sticks or do all sorts of terrible things to them, uh, as opposed to getting presents from St. Nick. Right. Uh, he's primarily a European thing, especially in the, I believe, the Alpine region right. of German. People, grown men, go out on St. Nicholas Night dressed up like Krampus and jump out of corners and, and terrify ch- women and children. It's <laughs> almost like a Halloween haunted house atmosphere. We're, we're doing our best to get that established stateside. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, well, there is a location. I, I can't remember the location right now, and I don't think it made it into... It might have made it into the book. I don't remember if I found out about it after Goatman was published. But uh, there's a there, there's a place in Indiana that does a Krampus night, uh, which is exactly what it's called in, in Germany. Yeah. Where in, 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 Krampus it's, Yeah, it, it, it's a uh, 
I mean, it's a haunted house basically out in the snow. It's it's like a Christmas village type thing, and, and all these guys are in these elaborate Krampus costumes. You buy a ticket, and you can decide before you enter if you've been naughty or nice, and depending on what, <laughs> depending on what color flag you carry, if you've been nice, you can watch the naughty people get chased around by these maniacal goatmen. Oh, we have to do um, this. We do to have it, to do I really, really want to. It's somewhere in Indiana, and if, if you Google Indiana Krampus Night, uh, I'm sure it'll come up. And and the, after it's all over, and all the guys in these amazing suits do a parade right through downtown. They have a just like they do out in Alpine Germany and Birch Branch, other parts Birch of Europe. Oh my That's gosh! Great. Well, we'll. With, uh, I can tell you right now. Like barring some exigent thing, we're absolutely going to go to that this year. We'll give you a call. You're welcome to come yeah. with us. All right, <laughs> like a big road trip I need down. an excuse to go do this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. always, for some reason, I always end up having something to do, but I'll try to clear my calendar. <laughs> oh my god, Flora, we have to like we have to like rock paper scissors. One of us is a good kid. One of us is a bad kid. <laughs> I just imagine people going to this thing and being like naughty. No, 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 no. I said no. Oh, no, I can't do it. I can't. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> But uh, I don't know if I actually answered your question, though, but I, I didn't find any any relationship between the Krampus belief and these goat man beliefs in North America. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure Krampus, I'm sure Krampus himself grew out of pagan beliefs in Europe of pan and fawns and goat man and satyrs and all those half goat entities and gods. Satan looks the way he does. And Krampus is essentially a, a version of the devil. Um, right. Satan looks the way he does because Christian artists uh, were, were, attempting to make uh pan less desirable to the last of the european pagans i don't really i'm not a biblical expert but i i know at least in the old testament he wasn't really described so i think he kind of took on his half man half goat thing later as sort of a way to almost like a propaganda type thing not to insult anybody who's listening who's a christian i have no problem with uh anyone's uh, particular religion but that 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 is the theory as to why uh, the devil and pan look so similar. It yeah. would be interesting to see historically when the, the image of Baphomet, you know, really started to become more wild, you know, like more used. And when, yeah. when that, when that emerged, some people believe that Baphomet was never actually a, an entity that was worshiped either. A lot of people think that Baphomet was a propaganda tool made to discredit the Knights Templar. So, oh. um, the first really known reference to him, uh, is uh, some text talking about how the Knights Templar worship Baphomet. And, um, of course, he's now been adopted as the mascot of the Church of Satan. So yep. that's where he really got his legs. So, But, yeah, Baphomet, uh, not sure if he was actually a real real deity uh, until... Until he was needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he, he... I don't know if he ever had any war, worshipers until uh, recent de- centuries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to... <laughs> I don't you you I think you answered this. I just I want to re- circle back real quick before we move on with another question. But uh, in the book, I think you mentioned taking a, a legend trip to Kentucky. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. That was actually when I went down and had my strange experience at Mammoth Cave. At Mammoth and when Cave. I went to visit Pope Lick Trestle, which is where the Louisville's version of the Goat Man, the Pope Lick monster. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just I, I I had to I mean do my due diligence as, <laughs> as a native Kentuckian. I I've been to Mammoth Cave. Uh, I've been to Louisville a number of times. I've never been to 
Pope Lick Trestle. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, tell- it, it, it is an experience. It's that that place has an energy, and maybe it's just because I'm aware that so many people got killed there. But they're, they're definitely it, it definitely is an intense feeling place. And it's it's a a very tall uh, railroad bridge, right? Yeah, it's, I, it's, I think it's like 250 feet in the air, like 500 feet across. Yeah, it's, and people go out. They say Goatman lures people out there with mimicry or hypnosis or some other supernatural ability. And um, a lot of kids are known for just going out there to see if they can see the Goatman. And they get out on this trestle, and the acoustics of the location are such that uh, you can't hear the train until it's really close. And then. Um, it's impossible to get off the track, get off that trestle before the train gets to you because it's so, so long and you can't, nobody so far has survived to jump off it. It's, so it, it, it's just like that scene in stand by me where the, you're trying to outrun the train. So right. far, nobody has successfully outran the train, which There's is at least three people I know of that died there. Uh, and, and a lot more. Yeah. That's such a, an interesting twist on the, the, the legend that, uh, that typically, which is a weird thing to say. Your typical goat man, <laughs> uh, you know, whether it's bare hands or or an axe, science or, axe, yeah, yeah, the, a, a, a laboratory approved <laughs> axe hatchet. Um, yeah, and the goat man, the Popelik trestle, right, you know, and the Popelik monster. He carries an axe too, although I don't know why he needs it if he <laughs> has hypnosis and all these other abilities. <laughs> That's the why funny. He has an axe right. too. Well, you know, he's a belt and suspenders kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the really interesting thing is that this is is he's almost playing the siren game. He's luring. He's he's playing the will of the wisp kind of character. He's luring people into a dangerous situation and then just kind of seeing what happens. Yeah. yeah some people say he goes so far as saying he's actually will hold you down from underneath the trestle while uh, the train hits you, so you can't escape. Uh, but uh, he's also the only the only version has an urban legend around him that claims he's actually has good intentions. Some people say that he actually appears on the trestle to warn you that a train is coming, but people get so terrified by him. They don't realize a train is there and then they get hit. So he he is. So, so one version actually says he's sort of a misunderstood do-gooder. So that's (laughs) one of the only versions I've ever heard uh, like that. Sad Goatman. Yeah. He's, he's like, I just want to help people. <laughs> and he, he's batting minus a thousand right now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and and the Milwaukee Brewers this year. Zing! <laughs> oh. If the Cubs can beat him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. The Cubs always manage to beat us somehow. So. Oh. I'm still a Braves fan, so I don't oh, yeah. involved right. in all that nonsense. Oh, you're, you're above it. You're, you're safe. <laughs> That's right. I'm more concerned with what the what the Phillies and all those, uh, those guys are up to. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing to fear from this neck of the woods. Seriously. I, I have a, I have a question for you before we, we get, uh, too far afield. Also, um, there is, when we were talking about, for example, the, the, the large, uh, the, the kind of the bear size with the dog head creature, there's, there seems to be, there's kind of a, a tough line there in some of these sightings, um, between your, your, your the, the typical, uh, hominid, they all same typical is ridiculous, but you know, the, the hominid potential, potential Bigfoot sighting versus something that really follows more into the go men sightings. Do you make those, those, I mean, obviously so many of these sightings are, are poorly described, you know, people mm-hmm. only have uh brief instances, um, but do you kind of geographically break those down and say, well, this area is really known for Goatman sightings. So that, that kind of fits more in this category or is it kind of case by case? Uh, well, 
since a big a, a big theory in uh, the world of cryptozoology is that um, a, a Bigfoot type creature, some type of unknown primate or hominid or something, wanders into a area where there's a Goatman legend, and then people see a, a large hairy creature and like, oh, well, I saw Goatman last night down at Goatman Bridge. But which which at the public trestle, the only creature sightings I personally uncovered from. Uh, near that area was sightings of something that was uh, described as an albino Bigfoot. I talked to a gentleman who saw it at two different bridges very near the trestle. Uh, not actually at the trestle, but at two different bridges within uh, five, ten minutes of the trestle. So um, there's that theory, but it doesn't hold water with me because um, Bigfoot is still not proven to exist either. <laughs> right. So you yeah. can answer a question with another question. I don't really yeah. go in for that, but, but it, there is no doubt that a lot of the, a lot of the sightings do not resemble a Bigfoot at all. And I, I uh, not, excuse me, a Bigfoot, but a, a goat man. And I included that stuff just because, uh, that theory is so prevalent. But I mean, in Maryland, I think every single sighting recorded of an alleged goat man, with the exception of one that I, at least that I know about, uh, they all sound like some type of Bigfoot-type creature. In fact, most of the sightings I found, uh, Mark Obsasnick collected in his Maryland Bigfoot Digest, which uh, I think is like, I can't remember if it's 300 or 500 Bigfoot sightings in just oh. alone. So, I mean, I, I, I did make a specification between creatures that are actually described as having mm-hmm. a goat-like um, characteristic. There is a, a timeline of sightings by state in the back of the book mm-hmm. that uh, uh, only includes goat man, 100% goat-like goat man sightings and not the myriad of Bigfoot sightings like you had in Maryland. Oh, yeah. And there is a, a fair number of sheep men too, right? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of areas, Goatman is all. In addition to having some regional name like Popelik Monster, or the Fort or the Lake Worth Monster, or something like that, mm-hmm. he's also known as Sheepman. In fact, yep. the one out in uh, in Louisville, the Popelik Monster, is uh, more famously known as Sheepman instead of Goatman, hmm. um, which. I, I just refer to him more as Goatman in the book for the sake of clarity, but I, I do note it. So he, he is more famously known as a sheepman. I guess the Goatman moniker didn't fall on him until more recent years, according to some longtime residents. Sheepman sounds so much more gentle. Yeah, yeah we just want to hug him. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the whole biblical thing about, you know, God takes the, the sheep into his right hand and then the mm-hmm. goats in his left hand. And I think he, like, casts them into the fire or something. I think that's the book of Revelations or one of those type of scary books. But... Yeah, so I mean, goats have always had a bad rep, at least in in Christianity. So, uh, in a Christian, goats. mostly Christian nation, like uh, like this. I don't know if that's fair to say, but uh, it, it's the more widely spread religion right now in this sure, country right. that um, goats do have a more sinister connotation here than they would uh, in other countries. Well, they just eat anything. They'll eat anything. <laughs> they they do. Uh, my family raised miniature goats for a lot of years, oh, so I'm very great. familiar with their mannerisms, and uh, they do chew on tin cans. They're, they're, <laughs> they're trying to actually trying to get the glue off. They like the glue because the glue huh. is, is a food product. But uh, they they will try to eat anything. They'll chew on their own barn and rip holes in the wall. <laughs> they're they're voracious. <laughs> and and you even have a, a section in the book uh, devoted to one of our uh, most recent. Uh, 
additions to to our our cryptid knowledge the sheep squatch oh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the sheep squatch is no less legitimate as much as i hate to use that word because <laughs> none of this stuff is, has been proved legitimate yet right as of science but his name i mean the sightings are, are about as credible as any other sighting but the um the name is just ridiculous <laughs> yeah i believe he got the name because the, the first story of sheep squatch i believe surfaced on um WestVirginiaGhost.com or something along that line. Jonathan Mayberry's site. And um, these two, this carload of women were on their way near uh, Point Pleasant through that part of West Virginia that's famous oh. for the Mothman sightings. Yeah. And I think they were, I think it was, they are someplace like Arbuckle or something like that. In Boone they, County. They came around a curve and there was this huge albino Bigfoot looking thing with sheep's horns standing about two feet from her driver's side window uh, off on the shoulder of the road there. And um, y'all got room for her friends started referring to it as sheep squatch because I didn't have another name for it. And when it, once it got on the web, uh, it's forever been sheep squatch. Well, well, it's it's, it's a catchy name. (laughs) Yeah. And the first sighting that I'm aware of was sheep squatch, at least in West Virginia uh, was in the early nineties. Yeah. We even, uh, I mean, and and that's such a a common thing when people aren't sure what they're dealing with to throw Squatch on there. There's the Pacific Northwest has bat Squatch. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be a new trend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it certainly doesn't clarify an already very murky topic. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. It just adds confusion. Mm -hmm. Um, Creatures like the sheep Squatch, uh, there's a history of sightings of these big albino primate looking things with, with, with ram like horns. I mean, there was, there's the sheep man of, um, of Pennsylvania, uh, where, uh, up in the Erie region, uh, interestingly enough, (laughs) that, uh, uh, very much matches that description. And people have claimed to have seen, uh, the, the sheep man, uh, about Erie. And then, um, he's been seen, well, in the 70s, which was right around the time that the, the Sheep Man of Waterford, which is actually the town that he's in, um, right, after, right, right in the peak of his, his, all of his sightings in the 70s, there was an outbreak of sightings with a creature in the Amish community of Big Valley, Pennsylvania, some, I think it was 300 or 500 miles away in the opposite end of the state, where this thing was like attacking, you know, Amish guys and like chewing on their like, pitchforks and <laughs> stealing geese like some woman chased it when it was stealing geese and let it and, uh, was, yeah. was saw like three times in the course of three days and then it vanished and then all of a sudden you start having sightings in kentucky and west virginia so it almost seems like whatever it was might have been moving south wow. over the course of a long time now, i don't know if those things are related but they definitely all match the description of sheep squatch yeah. you gotta be you gotta be pretty pretty ballsy to mess with the amish yeah, yeah. amish don't lie they don't yeah. lie they don't get tired <laughs> what was that movie back in the day the witness oh the witness, yeah yeah where the the amish murder everybody with pitchforks or something yeah they've got that's the thing <laughs> they've they've got I, they've got steel tools with them all the time i mean like they, they are yeah. I think those are people willing to wrestle a, a, a cryptid if it came to it. I think they'd do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Those guys are, have to be in amazing uh, shape. Yeah. Live. I, I'm sure an Amish guy could take me in. A, in <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know it. So, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Good thing and, they're pacifists. <laughs> I know, right? They're generally pretty uh, live and let live type folks. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think it's funny. You, you have a couple of 
whole chapters devoted just to Texas uh, and and goat men there. And I it, it just seems like Texas has more goat men per square mile than anywhere right. in the, and, the U.S. And I think I think I see where you're going with this, Flora. So I want to kind of get this in as a segue to this. There is this running, um, and you mentioned this in your book at length. The the goat men really figures into this young lovers narrative. Uh-huh. The there's so many versions of the story, and everyone's heard, and and you mention it in the book as well. The the old hook hand. Yeah. Oh, two people go up to lovers lane to make out, and you know they hear the sound. The guy gets out of the car, you know, and sometimes. And we've even we've even done this when we do our ghost stories episodes. We, we've done horrible ghost stories. Yeah, of, that of have this yeah. same scenario. The guy gets out, the girl gets scared, stays in the car, and you realize, oh, he was dead the whole time outside yeah. the car, or the hook is on the car when they uh-huh. get home, and right. and Goatman seems to show up a lot in these stories. Yeah, um, I mean, folklorists uh, classify all those type of sightings uh, as Lovers Lane urban legends, and mm-hmm. they classify the Goatman story in there as well, and. Um, the, it's generally believed by folklorists and, and Goatman Flesher folklore. Uh, the reason I put that whole Flesher folklore thing in there is because not only is it an examination of the Fortean aspects of all this, is it real, but it's also uh, an examination of all these strange urban legends that all cropped up around the same time around the United States. Mm-hmm. And folklorists believe that all these Lover's Lane urban legends uh, really came about because of a series of murders in Texarkana, Texas slash Arkansas back in, I believe it was the forties. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. That was, that's one of the things we, that, that really stood out to us uh, when we were going through the, it's, it's one of the more disturbing ties and, and it's hilarious. It's not really all that related to Goatman itself, but, uh, but as it figures into this, this folklore narrative, right. it's an important yeah. piece of the, of the story. The, the 1946 Texarkana phantom killer. Can, can you tell us a little bit about, about that? Uh, yeah, there's, um, basically in the 1940s, there was, there's a series of basically serial killings that happened. Uh, most, I think most of them were in Texas, but somewhere on the Arkansas side of Texarkana. And, uh, they all involved uh, young couples, teenage couples, uh, at no makeout spots. Um, they would be parked, and uh, a man wearing a burlap sack over his head with eye holes uh, cut in it yeah. would appear and uh, force them out of the car at gunpoint. And he, um, the, 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 no, I don't believe anybody, I don't, I don't think anybody actually died at the first one because I believe he was interrupted. Uh, maybe the gentleman died. It's been a couple years since I really dug into the research on this. But um, the, the woman was able to get away after he had started sexually molesting her, but he was interrupted by car headlights. Right. So, it, so that was sort of a failure for him. But then um, he was pretty, I think he was, he was successful at killing all the other victims uh, and molesting the women sometimes after he had murdered them on all the other occasions. And this happened for a series of, of months where they were trying to find this guy. They couldn't. And um, it, it was, it was really bloody and gruesome. And, and, and he's believed to be the first serial killer to prey on people in uh, known makeout lo- spots. So he's like the first lover's lane murderer in this country's history. Ugh. Yeah. And that, and that, I mean, just not only the, the tragic nature of it, um, but also the calculating, you know, the, the idea that someone is, you know, hunting, targeting yeah. people with a yeah. the specific behavior. I mean, that that's going to send shockwaves that 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 become folklore. 
Yeah, and uh, I believe it or not, his last victim, there was the only couple I believe that he attacked when they weren't at a, at a makeout location. There was this couple, uh, I believe there was a man sitting in his easy chair reading a newspaper when the Phantom walked up to the glass door and shot him through the door. And when his wife came down from upstairs to see what was going on, she shot. he shot her in the head. Miraculously, she was able to... Uh, get up and run away from him, make it all wow. the way to a road, flag someone down and get help. And she survived after being shot in the head. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, there was no more Phantom. Um, there was a couple of uh, suspects who um, they blame for it. Some people think that, because uh, one of them, I believe, killed himself. So some people think that uh, the Phantom, well, the, the killing seemed to stop right after this fellow killed himself. So wow. some people think he ended his life. Other people, I think there's a theory out there that he went on to become the Zodiac killer later. Wow. Um, I mean, some. I mean, there, he was never caught. We know that much. So, I mean, he would be an extremely elderly man right now. He'd be in his 80s, but the Phantom could be out there right now listening to this very radio show. Yeah. So luckily he was, he's pretty weak, so I wouldn't be too scared of him now. But I would assume, unless he's one of those really hardy 80-some-year-old fellows, but um, <laughs> that he was never brought to justice, whoever this person was. Ugh. Which is and, just, and folklorists believe that those those attacks did inspire these urban legends about monsters and killers at uh, makeout spots uh, that really started happening or became well known by folklorists in the fifties and early sixties. Right, and then that gets incorporated into movies, mm-hmm. and now I mean, Our and culture. you even see the ref the the reflection of that in in you know the horror tropes. That well, yeah, there was actually a movie about the Phantom called. Um, the town that dreaded sundown was a Charles B. Pierce film. Uh, Fortians know Charles B. Pierce for the Boggy Creek, the Legend of Boggy Creek movies. Yeah, yeah. we watched those. Yep. So in that movie, That's a great title uh, they, they largely movie. fictionalized a lot of that stuff, but it was based on some. I mean, it was based on true events, but they changed a lot of details. Sure. I think there's one famous scene where he kills a woman with a trombone, which never happened. <laughs> yeah. I think he puts like a hunting knife in the trombone and blows it and it stabs her through the neck or something. <laughs> that never happened in real life. That's just an advent of Charles B. Pierce. Oh, we're going to try that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you Google that, uh, that I believe that's all over YouTube, that scene, the trombone scene. It's pretty... I mean, it's it's a cool idea, but it's it's really <laughs> and it, it and it kind of stinks that they did something so silly on yeah. when when they had content that was scary enough on <laughs> right. yeah yeah it when the really true story was own murder you know to to sell that picture I don't think it was the first slasher movie essentially it predates Halloween wow it was the first it was it started a genre but you know I, I mean I've watched I watched Boggy Creek one and two and you could. I could see, you know, from the 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 surprise success of the Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah, which was essentially a straight documentary. Yeah, absolutely. He played it very straight. Reenactments of eyewitnesses, and then <laughs> and the then, second one, yeah. many years later, seemed like a cash grab. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. things start getting like a weird kids movie. In a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it got like a little girls and cut off Daisy Dukes. <laughs> yeah, things got a little sillier. Things got a little campier. So I, I, you can see where, as as a guy who has bills to pay, he's like, "All right, we're gonna do this again." <laughs> well, I mean, Charles B. Pierce made all kinds of uh, kinds of films, like Gray Eagles, a really famous western that he did, and uh, so yeah, he was a man of many many genres. But uh, he he has done a couple that Fortians and and unsolved mystery fanatics should be familiar with. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Do you feel like your life is sliding away from? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I um, mean, the, the killer in that film was genuinely terrifying. I mean, if you you cut a couple holes in a burlap sack oh, and you've got God. an instant terrifying mask. Yes, burlap anywhere is is terrifying. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, even uh, the scarecrow in the modern yeah. Batman movies. That's that's functionally oh, yeah. what his mask is, right. and it's it is terrifying. Bur- burlap sitting uh, on a on a highway as you pass by at like sixty yeah. it is terrifying. If it's just crumpled up, you're like, oh, I don't want any of that. <laughs> yeah, or the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you got it right. The scarecrow is essentially wearing the the phantom's mask. You you talk uh, early on in the book. You talk about the panic, and and I thought this was very interesting. Can you tell us the connection of the term uh, and the concept of panic to to the goat man? Uh, yeah, well, essentially the word panic is derived from the, the name Pan, and of course Pan is a half-man, half-goat uh, deity from Greek folklore, who's probably the oldest deity in the Greek pantheon. Uh, he's been worshipped uh, several hundred years before Christ, they discovered, uh, in Arcadia. And um, he's... Uh, basically, he's a, he's a god of a lot of different things. He's a man, uh, a deity of many hats, I guess you would say. He's 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 a god of fertility. Uh, he's often depicted with an erect penis, so keep your eye out for that. Yeah. Um, he's he, he's a god <laughs> of shepherds and flocks. He's a god of the wilderness. He's a god of music. Basically, all the most basic natural parts of human existence and uh but he has a dark side and they say that if you're wandering in 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 the wild places of the world the lonely places and uh you interrupt his nap uh you'll be overcame with a um sudden unexplainable fear and there are people to this day who are alone in a wilderness mountain climbers uh things like that where all of a sudden they'll be walking along some lonely path hundreds of miles from civilization and they'll just start panicking flailing their arms and i I read this one story this guy who almost ran off the side of a mountain because he was so scared like for no reason so that's really where the term panic comes from and um some people a lot of people describe when they encounter these entities just overwhelming fear i mean granted if you saw goat man yeah it's really strange you're gonna (laughs) yeah but um some people like there's one instance that happened at White Rock Lake in uh, in the suburb of Dallas, which is a goat, famous Goatman location out in Texas, uh, where uh, this is actually uncovered by Nick Redfern, another great uh, researcher who allowed me to mention this in Goatman, where um, this woman was jogging around the lake and before she ever saw the creature, she was overcome with a really powerful sensation that she could only describe as a panic attack, even though she's never had one before. Hmm. And all of a sudden she looks to her left and she sees a half man, half goat creature standing there on two legs and it, it walks toward her grins and then vanishes in a flash of light. So that's like a supernatural aspect. Like, like a Cheshire goat. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, fawns and satyrs in Greek and Roman mythology were nature spirits. And of course, Pan was an actual god mm-hmm. in there. So so it, it seems like a lot of these uh, creatures do exhibit some type of supernatural or paranormal ability. I don't yeah. know if that means that they are actually uh, nature spirits uh, like what the Greeks and Romans believed in, but the, I, I don't think that uh, if, if, if goat man is real, I don't think they could be an undiscovered species. I think right. they would have to be some type of extra dimensional or paranormal entity that we 
haven't identified and can't explain with science yet. Yeah. Because there, there, there's nothing in the fossil record to support they could exist. Right. And there is even, even, you mentioned in your book, some discussion about the earliest roots of this concept of the, the half animal, half man, that would be perhaps uh, an offshoot of, of uh, Neanderthals or some uh, Cro-Mag, you know, some, some evolutionary offshoot that was coexisting in some parts of the world still with, uh, you know, modern humans. Yeah, I mean, there are certain uh, zoologists, cryptozoologists, uh, anthropologists out there who uh, have some of these fringe beliefs that try to occasionally explain uh, the history of, of reported satyr sightings in Europe because they do date back all the way, of course, into ancient Greece and into present day even. Um, these things, some some people have theorized this, uh, I'm blanking on his name. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to give the credit to the wrong person. But there's there's one particular uh, doctor that I talk about in um, Goatman Flesh or Folklore that uh, thinks that there might have been a condition in Neanderthals that uh, gave them a permanently erect penis because mm. they have found cave paintings that by Neanderthals that always show <laughs> the yeah. men erect and and. Uh, it's, it's a rare condition that only modern humans that have it, I believe. I want to say that the pygmies in Africa, I th- or it's either the Bushmen or the pygmies, uh, I'm getting it wrong, I'm sure. It's one of those two who always have an erect penis. I think that's, that's called priapism. Yeah, and yeah. They, they always have this, uh, and um, they think that maybe Neanderthals had this, and that could, and that very late Neanderthal sightings by the tribes of ancient Greece could uh, account for some of the satyr legends because satyrs are always depicted with erect members. They they were, of course, um, nature deities that hung out with the god of wine, Dionysus. Mm-hmm. They enjoyed drinking, music, and uh, fornication. They always were chasing female nature spirits that were called nymphs. Mm-hmm. And when those weren't handy, they would uh, try to uh, bed human women. So they were lusty creatures in Greek mythology. So they think maybe that if ancient Greeks saw the last tribes of the Neanderthals wandering around with boners, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah, yeah. There yeah. they are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then others, of course, have theorized that it's an unknown species of primate that's evolved a, a strange locomotion that makes their legs appear backwards when they run. Um, I'm not too big a fan of that, that theory personally, just because in North America, at least, where are they hiding? Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think those were called wang orangutans. Yeah, I mean, because Bigfoot, I mean, some of these Bigfoot sightings, I mean, the ones that happen in the Pacific Northwest and up in Canada, there's all sorts of space where they could hide. Right, but right. But Goatman is almost exclusively reported in sub- suburbia or on the outskirts of major, major uh, urban centers uh, or sometimes in the cities themselves. So <laughs> I don't think there's any way that there could be a species of of ape roaming around uh, right. the outsides yeah. of a city as big as Dallas or Fort Worth. What, one or two particularly horny Neanderthals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathan, have you gotten any uh, negativity or, or any weird backlash or, or anybody sh- knocking on the door in shades and black suits or anything from your research? <laughs> uh, I haven't had any men in black show up, no. <laughs> Good. Um, I, I, I get the occasional weird look when I explain what I'm doing if I'm at you know, just like a, a non-paranormal type book fair event. Um, I, I mean, I haven't got any outright ridicule. I mean, wh- I, I've been doing the downtown West Bend ghost walks here 
in town for four years now. Mm-hmm. And because I do charge for that, obviously, because it's a way that I, I, I finance creative projects like Goatman Flesh or Folklore. And I have had a couple of people accuse me of, of being some, some charlatan because they don't understand what the tours are about. I've had people accuse me of, you know, making up false activity and activity almost never occurs on the tours. These are accusations come from people who have never taken the tour. Right. Obviously, <laughs> because they're very hostile toward just the idea of me doing them. Oh, yeah. uh, why would they pay me $10 to go on the tour? But I mean, a lot of people don't know what a ghost tour is. I take people through a neighborhood that has a lot of haunts. I tell them the stories that I've been told and uncovered and my own personal experiences, if I've had any. And then I leave it up to them to judge. It's not like, you know, the Victorian era, you right. know, spiritualism <laughs> yeah. where you have all these people faking. And there's no shaking lifting and tables. And right. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no, I mean, I don't even take any ghost hunting equipment on the tours. It's not like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, there's really nothing. It's just storytelling in local history. And then Which I have skeptics come on the tour and, and most of them seem to enjoy it. And if you don't like hearing about ghosts, you'll at least be interested in finding out that somebody killed themselves in that building in 19, Blah blah blah. Right, charlatan, which is yeah. a great, which is a great way to to, to <laughs> See, approach that's really it the only too. Negativity I've got is from the ghost tour. I mean, so far, I mean, mostly when I describe Goatman, people just want to know what the heck I'm talking about. Sure, yeah, yeah. as well they should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if somebody started talking to me about Goatman, I didn't know about it. I'd be like, yes, tell me about this. Yeah, I would like to hear more. <laughs> have my attention this is much more interesting than what you had for dinner last yeah absolutely i don't need to hear about last night's fraser rerun but this half man half goat you were talking about let's 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 talk about that i'm not i'm not all that interested in what your uncle did when he came over to visit this weekend but uh, let's hear about (laughs) well that that's good either uh you know men in black aren't something to be feared um or you're just not doing your research hard enough right right yeah you're not rustling the right jimmies (laughs) Well, I mean, there there is a couple of government uh, theories with with the Goat Man. Of course, some out in Maryland, some people believe he was a a failed experiment out at the yeah. Belt mm-hmm. Cultural Research Center, which is this like two hundred acre farm where the government does all sorts of mad science to to animals. I mean, nothing quite as dramatic as like you know Frankenstein, yeah. but they did develop uh, the Beltsville white turkey out there, which uh, and the meat type hog, which are both animals who get fatter with less feed and um they've done some cool helpful things uh that weren't borderline creepy like you know they they cured hog cholera that's a communicable yeah. disease to humans that has been eradicated so, so yeah so they, they they've made some some good some good strides and not all of it came after a ford with a with an axe <laughs> yeah i think if i think if Goatman did escape from there and went on a murdering spree i don't think the government's too worried about it anymore yeah, it's on on the balance. Nobody's it's still going a win. I believe this anyway, so let's just let him run around. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he actually did escape from Bark. I think that's just an urban legend. But yeah. if there is any government connection, I don't think they're paying attention anymore. Yeah, they're just going to let it ride. There is there is this uh, experiment gone awry where there's a half man half goat with an axe and a lab coat that attacks cars, but we cured hog cholera. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right, your funding is renewed. I mean, if that actually did happen, it's so outlandish the government wouldn't even have to worry about taking it seriously. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I, I would mean, like 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 with Area Fifty One, that was credible. That's credible enough because we had so many people immediately saying after 
the whole UFO crash out in Roswell that a UFO was recovered, bodies were recovered, they were being studied by the government, and then a day or two later, it's <laughs> forced to retract their statements. That's, right. I, I mean, weather balloon, weather balloon. Weather right. Balloon. I mean, that's something that has a lot of credibility to it, where now you gotta you got to try to disavow it if it actually did happen. But if, if Goatman got out of Bark, no, no, nobody's going to buy it. I would I would love it if like the official crest for Bark was like a picture of a Goatman, and in Latin it just said, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. <laughs> People at Bark don't like the Goatman legend, as you might have said. Oh, yeah, oh, I can yeah. imagine. I've read numerous articles where the, the people at Bark are fairly hostile about the accusation that they created an axe-folding <laughs> lunatic goat. <laughs> irritate them since they're all scientists who spent unbelievably long amounts of time earning the degrees. So they they, they are making these huge strides in their chosen field. And yet everyone wants to ask them, it's just like what we were saying, like, oh yeah, no, that's that's interesting that you did your clinical trials. Can we talk about that Goatman now? <laughs> I don't think anybody in America outside of a certain circle would know what Bark was if it wasn't for the Goatman legends. Yeah. Because the Maryland the Goatman of Bowie in Maryland is the most famous of all of them. There's been at least two movies made about him. Uh there, he's been in the X Files comic book. I mean, he's he he's the He's he's the celebrity of the Goatman uh, pantheon. So, funny. so um, that's really what Bark is known for to the average Joe, at least in the <laughs> in the area of Maryland and the DC area. They're just mad because they can't get goat attack insurance. That's right. Yeah, I don't think that's offered yet. <laughs> uh, Nathan, do you have any uh, favorite explanation for for any given Goatman out there? Um, other than the fact that if if these experiences are real, I that they have to be supernatural. That's about the only explanation I have. Yeah. I mean, because there are some, there are some strange hints that native American tribes, uh, and, and the ancestors of the more modern tribes, uh, had a belief in entities like this. Uh, yeah, for the, instance, the out in Maryland, the, the Piscataway, uh, believed in a certain deity that was described by Europeans as resembling a devil. And they would wear antlers on their head and ceremonies. Um, his name was Oki. And uh, then, of course, here in the Midwest, uh, there were, are the Mound Builders, who are a mysterious group of Native Americans that no one really knows anything about. We don't know who they are. Um, there's there's a, a series of mounds just outside of West Bend at Lizard Mound County Park, and they just installed this amazing interactive kiosk with all this information. And when you press the button, who are the Mound Builders, you get a 20-minute explanation, and they don't tell you. <laughs> Great. They're like, well, I mean, because the theory is that they are ancestors of the Potawatomi Menominee Indians, and that's probably true, but we don't know. In yeah. fact, back back uh, in the 18th century, there was all these really crackpot theories of a lost civilization where they were believed they were some some Mongolian or Asian tribe or some lost European tribe that came over and settled and was killed by the current natives. And some people believed it was the lost tribe of Israel built the mound. Some people oh, yeah. believed it was descendants of Atlantis, um, <laughs> all of this sort of thing. There was a belief in, in, in that theory here uh, by some of the journalists in, in Washington County back in the 1800s where they even claimed they unearthed the skeletons of giants in that park uh that conveniently disintegrated when air hit them but but so some of these mounds there weren't any man mounds that i'm aware of here in this area of washington county about what west and in central and western wisconsin there there were all these man-shaped mounds and they weren't just normal men Uh, i think one or two had wings and they're always of enormous proportions but most of them had horns like a goat 
Hmm. And some people theorize that it's a depiction of the Native American uh, he- god hero Redhorn, but because we don't know who the mound builders are, we don't know if they even had a belief in Redhorn. Right. And then some people believe maybe it was a stylized image of a shaman, but we don't know that their shamans wore horns on their head. Right. We really don't know who they are, but Man Mound Park in Baraboo uh, is the only one that's really still left, and uh, its legs have been destroyed by road construction. But it was originally 250 feet long, and uh, it looks just like Goatman. Huge goat-like horns sticking out of its head. We'll have to check that out, because I think we're going to head out to Baraboo sometime in the next year. They've got a uh, the, the that haunted um, inn. Mm-hmm. In yep. Baraboo. Hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are more mound parks, too, and out at Devil's Lake, there's uh, some right in the picnic area. There's 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 a, a bird effigy, like, I don't know, 100 feet from a picnic table at Devil's Lake. Huh. Devil's Lake. Mm-hmm. Which Sounds itself like is known for Fortean activity. There's Natives used to believe that there was a giant sea serpent slash god that lived in the water, and Europeans have seen sea serpents in the 1800s, and I believe in the 1970s there was some Bigfoot-like creatures harassing people in tents. So there are lots of, <laughs> uh, lots of strange things <laughs> in Devil's Lake. So. Wow. Yeah, and, and you got to wonder if, if some of these mounds uh, might be offshoots from old Cahokia down in southern Illinois, Yeah, you know, making their way up there. It's generally considered that the mound builders are definitely related to Cahokia. Of course, there's the, the mysterious Native American fort of Aztalan out in Jefferson County, out in, uh, which they've uncovered. Uh, you know, uh, they found out that those people had trade, I believe, as far south as the Gulf Coast, because sure. uh, they they found this one woman they refer to as a princess, which is in in this mound behind the historical society, and she was wearing, um, you know, all these elaborate jewelry made from shells from the Gulf Coast. Wow! Nice. Yep. There was a there was a there was quite uh, an advanced civilization here a long, long time ago. Yeah, we've we've dipped our toe in it a little bit, and there's uh, you know there's a ton of writings and research that's been done that we'd like to also get into at yeah. some point. But uh, man, you, you, and you see, I'm sure you. This is exactly how your research gone. It's like you open one door, and then you've got all these other right. things. To- there are certain chapters of the book that I rewrote maybe six or seven times because the way I do my research is okay. Let's research Maryland. And then I'd research Maryland, and I'd finish the chapter, and then I would find out something researching Texas or Kentucky that would make me have to completely rewrite <laughs> Go my back conclusions and- from that one. So yeah, it, it, you know. One minute you're researching serial killers in Texarkana. The next minute you're researching agricultural farms in Beltsville, Maryland. Uh, so, yeah, this, this thing took me in a thousand different directions. And I was reading about, you know, ancient native mounds here in Wisconsin. Yeah. There's a, a lot of ground that got covered in my research. Which is great, which is what makes it such a fun read, yeah. is that it does branch into so many areas. I mean, just like you said, you know, the the the, the book is is about Goatman and, and then now we're now we're reading about a Texarkana serial killer. Now we're mm-hmm. you know, the the the, 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 the so many different you know, the mound builders, there's so many directions that it goes in and it's fascinating in it, but it's important. Like you in order to see the whole picture, you have to know these parts of it. I mean right. there yeah, there's even in, in Texas uh, in one one town in Texas, I even found out there's an unsolved infant murder tied up with a a, a goat man legend. You know, so I mean, it's still a cold case. There's information in the book where you can contact the police if you know who killed this newborn redheaded infant and threw it in uh, in the bay, oh. Galveston. So yeah, yeah they was found at the at the end of Goatman Road, washed up in the 
in, in the harbor there. Oh, that's awful. And they, they yeah. had determined it, it had actually been alive before it was, it was dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a, un, uh, they never learned its name. And so there's a, their tombstone in the local cemetery, uh, calls it little darling. So, yeah. It's uh, the, the case is still open. I don't think they're going to find, uh, any information about it at this late date. Cause I think it happened. Mm, I can't remember if it was the forties or the fifties, but it was quite a while ago. Then that, that area eventually became, uh, known as Goatman road. Uh, so actually that murder predates the Goatman thing. It is tied up in that area. There are a wow. lot of Goatman Roads out there. Are there? There are. There's yeah. several. There's one right here in Wisconsin, Goatman Road in Kewaskum is one location where I recorded an actual Goatman sighting. I interviewed a gentleman who saw it uh, in the early 2000s. Man, it's it's so fun. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're so happy we, we got to talk to you about this. Uh, what are you working on next? Do you have anything in the works that you can talk about? <laughs> uh, I'm working on two different manuscripts. Um, I'm sure one of them is going to win out over the other. So one will probably come out relatively soon for, for me, that means, uh, within a year and a half or two years, it seems like I get mm-hmm. a book out every two years, but, um, I'm working on a paranormal manuscript because one, one of the most, I mean, I've written a paranormal book in the past. I wrote a book about the hauntings here in Washington County, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And one of the m- key things I'm asked at appearances or on the ghost walks is what did I experience? And it's, that's a weird question. Like what paranormal experiences have I had? You'd think that would be easy to answer. But when I'm asked on the spot, I always blank and I always say, (laughs) well, I didn't have anything too, too interesting happen to me. And then when I get home, I remember something that I cannot explain that happens. So I'm trying to put all this information down in a book. Um, so if anyone asks, I can hand them a book and like, <laughs> there's your answer. <laughs> I, I blink when people ask me questions like that, for some reason, if it's outside of a, an interview atmosphere, but, um, that's, that's one that I'm really having fun writing because it's so personal and it doesn't involve much research because Goatman was a hundred percent research. Sure, yeah. Um, and I am also throwing around, uh, I've written one chapter, uh, in a book that I'm trying to write about mythological creature sightings. Oh, Goatman is a mythological creature. Uh, you know, he's supposedly a satyr or a fawn. Um, I've written one chapter about it so far, dealing with centaur sightings. Nice. Believe that, and um, of course, those are the half man, half uh, horse, half, half horse creatures from Greek mythology and fan and, fiction. Uh, we're going to see how that goes. Um, I, I really want to work on that book just because it's so interesting, but it is extremely research intensive. Oh yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds well, like fun. Some of the stuff that I have to read to properly research that book are some extremely old out of print books and a lot of dusty old uh, articles and. Well, that's how you know you're doing it properly. That's right. That's those are the best. <laughs> it is. So that one's going to take a while, but uh, so I would imagine that paranormal book will probably be out before the the next crypto book. Sounds fun. Yeah. Well, definitely keep us in touch on that. We'd yeah. we'd love to have you back on to talk about and, it. And don't forget, ask the Amish. They don't lie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they, they're, they're, they're honest folks. They have to be. Otherwise, they have a lot of penance to pay. I don't think yeah. they pay penance. I don't know what they... I'm sure there's something... Else. They'll get shunned. I don't think they're any Catholic Amish. Yeah, they, they, they have the shun thing <laughs> they going. They have something to do with They have it. some kind of Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that there's something to do before we get into uh, uh, P-U-N-S, yeah. um, yeah, when you spell to, it, it sounds like it. penis. <laughs> <laughs> before, it's worse when you spell it. 
Yeah, I, you, you can't say it without us, you know, getting yeah. into the segment. <laughs> it's superstition. Can you tell everybody where to find your stuff and, and yeah. where they can most importantly pick up the book, which we cannot recommend highly enough yeah. that, that people, because we, even though we've talked uh, for about an hour about this stuff, it's just scraping the surface of mm-hmm. all the great stuff that's in this book. So we, we totally recommend picking it up. Uh, Nathan, where can they uh, find all this stuff at? Well, um, Goatman Flesher Folklore, uh, you can get autographed copies of it off cultofweird.com's Etsy store. Uh, I'm not too familiar with, with Etsy, but you can go to, uh, I'm assuming you just type in Goatman on there and it'll come up. But uh, you can get it on just about any website that sells books, any bookstore, uh, most any bookstore can order it for you, even if it's not on the shelves. You can put in a special order. Uh, basically, you can get that book anywhere. If you're if you're an ebook guy or or gal, um, you can go uh, and order get that for Kindle right now off Amazon. That's the only format I have it in right now. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download their Kindle Reader app for your PC or I think Mac, and you can read it on there. And the good news is about that Kindle edition is if you are a Amazon Prime customer, or if you have a uh, Kindle Unlimited account, uh, you can get free access to that book. You can read Goatman Flesher Folklore for free. Wow. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Good and deal. I, I actually have the, the Kindle app on my iPhone and it works, it works great. So if, if, if that's, if that's how you're pulling that down, it's, it's worth, yeah. it's worth doing. I, I don't have a Kindle either. I, I, I read eBooks on my PC or my iPad and, and the app works great. So yeah. you really don't need a Kindle to, to use free to Kindle. Sweet. Book. And, uh, and you can find more at, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, jnathancouch.com has my blog. There's some Goatman sightings and legends that I just uncovered in the last year and a half that since Goatman's been published. I, actually, it hasn't even been a year yet. But um, I've got new sightings here in Wisconsin, a uh, sighting in Illinois down by you guys. And then uh, I've uncovered some legends out in you know the Outer Banks of North Carolina, out in Los Angeles. I discovered just recently there's a goat man in the forest right outside of Los Angeles. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. And of course you can find my books and my appearances and other things on there too. But the blog is probably the most interesting part of the website. Sweet. Uh, well, I think now it's, it's time for us to release our uh, (laughs) science experiment gone awry (laughs) and attack everybody with the ax of puns. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll save you for the, the third position. Nathan, uh, and 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 feel free to be like, no, this is ridiculous. Uh, I'll pass. You you have that option. And the the bad thing is, in third position, that's that's the most right position to have your puns stolen. Well, you never know. From under you, if I, we, I if feel we pretty confident. There's there's plenty of stuff to draw plenty from. That's a thing. Any anything that you've talked about or we've talked about or that's in the book or anything you can you can use. So. I'm pretty angry that I did burn Wangarangatang. Wangarangatang. Um, do you want to go first? Or you want me to? Oh, I'll go. Go for it, tough guy. All right, I've got a uh, a movie that does not have a trombone murder in it, but <laughs> it's the story of a man who's half man, half goat, and the woman who loves him, and a society that that can't that just can't understand it, and they they're judged, and it's it's taboo, but it just you can't stop a good love story. It's called Goat Mandingo. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. All right. Uh, well, I have to, I, I, I've got a little bit of advice for you guys. <laughs> you have to be careful when, when, you, uh, when you visit the Vatican. 
I oh. know everybody's got that on on their list. I think you everyone know. is. It's it's one one thing everybody does before they die. Uh, sometimes the Pope's a real prankster. You know this. They've created a potion there at the Vatican, where um, when you drink it, it causes a person to grow hair on their legs and sprout goat horns and hang around railroads. The Holy Father likes slipping this into a cup of wine. And he offers this cup, his favorite cup to offer people. Uh-huh. He offers it to people. And you just, you got to be wary of the Pope's trick vessel. Oh, the Pope's trick vessel. Because it'll turn you into a goat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I a remember. thinking man's pun. There. Yeah. That was... <laughs> Think about that for a second. We, we call that a deep cut. Yeah. Deep we, call, cut. we also call that a bunt. <laughs> a bunt. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, right, what Nathan. you got for us? I don't have anything that, uh, that <laughs> in, uh, in depth. Uh, I did watch Jaws last week, so I'm going to go with we're going to need a bigger goat. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, that was that was a good from the hip. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus Just saw a goat, man. <laughs> this was no goating accident. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam. Hey, yo, yeah, work, rapid fire. Work in the midsection. Uh, all right, Stecco, what's all right. what's your second one? Well, this is uh it's it's kind of a it's becoming just a popular phrase now because of the difficulty people have had with half men, half goats coming out, ruining picnics, messing up cars, scaring people, just just seeing just really aggressive behavior and uh for for seemingly no reason, but people just, you know, there's no point yelling at the Seder, uh, there's no point in in trying to change their perspective. Because at the end of the day, Seder's going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate the Seder. Man. That's right. Hate the game. <laughs> oh, man. You're doing well. You're doing well. Yeah. You're doing well. I've, got a, I've got a scary sensation <laughs> where robot goatmen appear with flashing lights and moving backgrounds. And I'm already could, into it. Could cause epileptic seizures in some kids. Uh-huh. It's... Japanic. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Because that's when they they, they had the, the cartoons in the 90s that right. gave kids seizures. Right. I like it. I like it. Oh? <laughs> huh? All right, Nathan, what are you going to end us on? I'm going to stick with a the nautical theme and say, uh, you know, whatever floats your goat, floats your goat. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well played, well sir. Played. Them's puns, everybody. Them's puns. Nathan, it's, it's been a pleasure yeah, talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this coming has been on great. and talking. And and obviously, when when your next uh, book comes out, or even if you you know, yeah, if if you just want to shoot the shit sometime, we we might uh, give you a call up. By all means, because you're you're you local, back. and we like to go to Wisconsin as well. So, and if you ever want to talk about ghost tours, or those are always going on, so I could definitely give you some information on that. We we have had some strange things happen on those tours. It's probably worth a conversation. Sweet, awesome. I'm we, into, we're it. into that. Yeah. Uh, so don't forget, everybody, J. Nathan Couch, uh, mm-hmm. Goatman, Flesh or Folklore, uh, pick up a copy today. Don't don't wait. Yeah. <laughs> get out there today. <laughs> Go get it. I, I feel like a, a, a vacuum salesman at this point. I don't yeah, know, but you're but, selling something people want. That's exactly right. Yeah, vacuum cleaners suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Puns are over, boom, Nathan. Boom, boom. Puns oh, are over. Boom, boom. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> Uh, thanks again for coming on, yeah. Nathan. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. I'd like to come back anytime. Absolutely. Great. Sounds great. There you go, listener. You got some sweet-ass puns. You got a lot of fun information. And, I mean, 
I'm not saying it's the most we've talked about erect penises in an episode, but like top five. <laughs> top five. <laughs> the, mo- the most we've talked about erect penises and not swore, I think. <laughs> Flora. Huh? Not shell it. That's Goatman Flesh of Folklore in a very uh, half hairy, half horny, uh, uh, erect penile whoa. nutshell. I was going to say in a technologically supervised via Skype nutshell. Nope. Nope. Just a hairy, Hawk. erect. A boner nutshell. Boom. Boner nutshell. Okay, now it's time for All right, kicking it off, we got a uh, an email from Mike, who- Hi, uh, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, just Mike. Uh, disguise, uh, discovered our pot, according to the email, it says a few weeks ago at this point, it's well over a month. That's a year. Ugh. Back when we had 400 Hildos. Jeez, yeah. Wait, all... 100 Hildos. It's like ATM machine or PIN number. What? Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, loves the podcast. Thank you very much, Mike. Hey, thanks, Mike. Uh, helps with his long commute to work. And he also has some really great uh, show su- suggestions about secret organizations. So thank you, sir. Awesome. Dave, we've heard from Tooth Man. Uh-huh. No, no, uh-uh. I don't know why I did that. That just came out of- just... Because Nightman. Yeah, oh, there you go. But this is Toothman. Toothman. RJ Toothman. Who we met at the Milwaukee Paracon and who got a shirt from us. Oh, he's clad in the finest of shimmering shirts. <laughs> shirt, shirt, might. Okay, okay we, they aren't actually shimmering. Great to meet you, Toothman. Uh, glad you can make it up. And, and he still hasn't convinced his wife to board the old Blurry Photos ship. It's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. Hopefully one day she'll she'll get on there. Uh, so good good to meet you, Toothman. And uh, hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be seen at some more cons in the future. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. I got a couple of great emails from Tom P. Tom. I think it's Tom Petty. I don't mean to out you, Mr. Petty, but I enjoy your music, and I think people should know. Tom P. Tom. <laughs> Tom. Has a ton of great show suggestions for us. It's like a really great list here. So, great. yeah. Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, also, I've got one from a particularly depressed bit of citrus by the name of Dark Lemon. I'm just waiting for you to stop me. Because of the the grudge you hold against him, I think I'm the one who holds the grudge. You, you and your your terrible lies. <laughs> one day you'll be found out, <laughs> yeah. and it'll be nothing but paper cuts and dark lemon juice. Uh, dark lemon hits us up with this. Uh, he says that he's actually had some personal experience with remote viewing. Um, he attended a course that was run by two chaps who sported Confucian beards, flowing robes, and had a penchant for meditation and philosophy. It was a letdown, however, as all they did was verbally abuse him, shouting about how f***ing full my rice bowl was <laughs> and how they were amazed at how perfectly empty their f***ing bowls were. <laughs> Sounds like your kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. I guess you I guess you get what you pay for when you're training under the Zen who swear and gloat. Oh, nice. Noise, eh? <laughs> oh, and also he uh, remote viewed us. We were recording a podcast. <laughs> I tell you what. That's pretty lucky then. <laughs> lucky timing on your part. Hey, uh, by the way, Florida. Also, go to sleep. It's like the middle of the night where you <laughs> yeah. are in that case. <laughs> How does he know where you are, Lemon? Hmm. Getting weird, Flora. Getting real weird. Uh, he got a quick PS for you, Flora. Piss. Did you hear about the woodsman that deciphered the code from one of those mysterious radio broadcasts that just read out figures? Who was it? The papers are calling him the number crack Nick. 
Because <laughs> he's a listener. Pun on listener action. Yeah. Listener pun action. See, that's how you're immortalized. Once once a listener gets into, yeah. <laughs> well, well played. Thanks, Dark Lemon. Thank you, Dark Lemon. <laughs> Five point harness. Let me just get all this buckled up. <laughs> it's time for Burning Rubber, the Revenge of McAweeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
See, don't look. Are you perhaps an airline captain these days? <laughs> because there's something in your diction that implies you are about to tell me about my seat back tray. <laughs> uh, it had uh, the head of a frog, uh, thick short legs, and uh, thick short arms. Uh-huh. The popped collar of an entourage extra, and the grinning face of a humongous douche. They dubbed this creature the Brodag. <laughs> oh, surely no one could have come up with a pun as delicious as this. <laughs> Don't look, my friend. Not many people know this, but the Balrog of Lord of the Rings fame. You are familiar with this? See, see, he did see? not pass. Originally, he looked quite different. The body of a buffalo the head of a wild boar and uh, can look right at you and you will kill you. Well, resident expert and uh, door botherer Gandalf the wizard took one look at the creature and renamed it, saying you can't topple pass! <laughs> Such is clever because it is also popular in good fantasy fiction. Better quit while I'm ahead. Jackalope for a president. Felicidades, don't look! <laughs> Until we meet again, my friend. <laughs> Those guys have the best adventures. <laughs> Got an email from first-time writer Ray Neptune. Ray Neptune? Mm-hmm. It sounds like... It's a sweet name. <laughs> sounds like uh, either a superhero or a... Uh, rock like a 70s. I was going to say a 50s rockabilly artist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That all the Bobby Soxers love. Yeah, that's it. Well, first thing you should know is that uh, uh, Anxious Tri-Tip gets full credit for making Ray Neptune listen. Well. So thanks, Anxious Tri-Tip. Doing the Lord's work. Ray says, I'm really into spirits in the occult and fascinated with scrying. Ray reads cards. I, I keep saying Ray because I, I don't know boy girlsy, so I'm just going to keep saying Ray over just and over. Just keep saying Ray Neptune. Yeah, Ray <laughs> Neptune. Ray reads cards, runes, palms, and a few other oracles uh, as a kind of a 10-year social experiment. Hell of an experiment. Well Way played. Hell. And has an accidental, did, was, uh, accidentally did some remote viewing. Spent uh, 30 days trying to train to scry in a bowl of water um, and tried every night. And then halfway through the month, Rather than trying to look through the water, uh, Ray suddenly uh, was standing in her friend's living room, listening to her talk to her father, and then felt something push her back into her own place. And when she checked out, she found out that that's exactly what had happened at that time. Blam. Well, bam-a-lam. Bam-a-lam. Thanks. Thanks, Ray Neptune. Thanks, Ray Neptune. And thanks, Anxious Tri-Tip. Uh, real quick, Dave heard back from Marty Queen. Marty Queen. She says, very few people know this, but the government actually found the Fountain of Youth. When the fountain water was drunk, it granted eternal youth. However, it had the side effect of a terribly painful toothache. It was known as the mouth pain of youth. Uh, <laughs> nice. I thought it was going to be the Fountain of Tooth, but nope. <laughs> she says, Titanic Dave is, fa is fantastic. However, she made the mistake of listening to it before bed. Got a weird dream in which the two of us were recording a podcast in a van outside her house. 
We kept shouting about colloidal silver and water filters. No, that that was real. That was real. It wasn't us. It was <laughs> we we record podcasts outside our favorite people's homes. It was a couple of info warriors. <laughs> and uh, in response to Josie's question, Josie had asked her uh-huh. how how does she listen to us while doing uni work? Yeah, she says I may occasionally require breaks from her drawing to laugh so she doesn't end up. With squiffy lines, ah, and um, I thought she was going to say, "Oh no, I'm I I failed out of school and now I'm homeless, but I still <laughs> like the podcast." Nope, nope. Po- positive <laughs> positive news this time. Good, good. <laughs> I couldn't have that on my conscience. She says one of the many skills required of a queen is the ability to multitask. Mm, so well you go, played. Josie. Thank you, Marty Queen. Regally done, Marty Queen. <laughs> Regally done. All hell. <laughs> or God save. Wh- yeah, whatever, whichever, whatever you like. And um. One more for you. Heard from Toby. Hello, Toby. Hi, Toby. Uh, just wanted to Toby. share a fear that that we struck him with. He'd gotten a severe case of poison sumac while mowing the yard. Woof. Can you believe? Gosh, both both arms, both legs, half of this on his stomach. Uh, could hardly get a good night's sleep. During that time, though, he was excited to see a new Blurry Photos episode had been released, only to find out it was on more Gillens. <laughs> wow, what a shitty coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> just the perfect timing to to scare the hell out of him with something he'd never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, super itchy episode for a super itchy listener. Uh, he also wants us to to go out and do more remotes, remote remote recordings like like we've yeah we so. that's our that's our I mean heck you you heard it we're we're, we're going to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to to knocked up that uh, that Christmas night. Get, that's what that episode will be getting called knocked up knocked up <laughs> <laughs> thank you toby uh next week we'll be hearing from such luminary listeners as kara stormy babe whoa hello and argyle funk can't, can't wait for these <laughs> mm-hmm. i like to meet some argyle funk Thank you all so much for writing. I know that we're slow getting back to it, but we do get back to it. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate thanks for it. writing. And and thanks for going to Facebook and liking us. Mm-hmm. If, if you haven't yet, please go on over there. It's uh, it's a great way to show support. Yep. Try to get to the old seven Hildo mark and onwards. We're uh, well on our way. We're almost 20% there. We really are. Go to um, iTunes and give us a five-star review. Yeah, and iTunes way better choice. Go over to Twitter. Follow us at Blurry underscore photos. Get yourself a free audiobook download from audibletrial.com slash blurry it's photos. Worth it. And finally, uh, 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 go on and, and just hit that donate button. It's been staring yeah. at you from across the room. Let it buy it's you a drink. Ma- it's been making eyes at you. Yeah. Let, let it hold uh, its hand. Just talk to it for a little bit. <laughs> if things don't work out, things don't work There's out. There's always Cryptid Mingle. That's right. Cryptidmingle.com. <laughs> oh, but that should do it yep, for this do episode it. of Blurry Photos. For this episode, I have been Dave the Trombone Stabbing Stecco. And I've been David Inappropriate Permanent Erection Flora. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Bye! Nice. My. Nailed it. My. <laughs>